you know, and I, I just like to go on this too. Um, you know, this is why reaching your your lowest body weight um, may not be the best weight for you to maintain over the long term. Because again, after, after you've gone through that rapid weight loss phase, you might have also lost significant muscle mass. And so as you begin this resistance training exercise or whatever program you're in, um, and you know, slight, uh, you might start increasing your calories and protein from that base initial post-op diet, seeing some muscle gain is a great thing. It's great for your metabolism, your metabolic rate. You will be burning more calories at rest when you have more muscle mass. And this in the long term is going to help you to lose body fat because you're naturally burning more calories at rest. Um, and that's going to help you with losses of body fat over time. So gaining muscle is a great thing. Um, and again, oftentimes when I start working with someone as they begin, you know, resistance training and they see some weight gain, it can be somewhat scary. I get it. I understand that that's a scary feeling. Um, but guys, this is a, this is a good thing. Muscle gaining is only going to help you um, down the road. Hi, welcome to the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tirapelli, a bariatric sports dietitian, and I help post-bariatric clients achieve their fitness goals through better nutrition and addressing the problems that come from typical bariatric and sports nutrition advice that just don't work for an active bariatric lifestyle. Welcome to episode 37 of the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tirapelli, bariatric sports dietitian. So for those of you that are uh, watching this episode, perhaps on my YouTube channel, you can see that I am sitting here today in my orange Chicago Bears jersey. Uh, this is opening week of the NFL. I am a huge Chicago Bears fan. And uh, we have the Packers up today for our first game of the season. Um, so hopefully by the time you listen to this episode, uh, we can be celebrating a Bears victory over the Packers. We'll see how we do. But born and raised in Chicago, and um, I live out here now in California. And so whenever my Bears or the Cubs are on, I am in full, full gear. So hopefully we'll have a Bears victory today. But I wanted to explore today some of the reasons why a bariatric athlete may see the number on the scale increase as you begin or increase exercise after bariatric surgery. This can be for both endurance or strength athletes. It can be really frustrating and also confusing as to why my weight is increasing despite the fact that I am exercising more and hopefully making even better fueling choices as well. But remember, guys, not all weight gain means there is a problem or that you have done anything wrong. Day-to-day -day fluctuations are completely normal. In addition, I want to reiterate that our lowest post-op weight doesn't mean it's our best weight to maintain for life or a weight that is best for your fitness goals or your performance. Being lighter does not guarantee better performance, especially if you're an endurance athlete. Oftentimes, there's that myth out there that you know you have to be lower in weight to run faster, to you know move your body more efficiently, and that's not always been supported. Um, as you can see in athletes, there are people of all different shapes and sizes, and so the number on the scale being lighter doesn't always mean better performance. Um, in fact, some weight gain after bariatric surgery can be exactly what you uh, can benefit from um, to help reach the body composition goals that you're actually striving for after your surgery. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to dive into the many different reasons that you might see the scale number increase and why that's happening so that you just have a better understanding of it. So let's dive in. So let's first talk about 
what happens when we begin a new exercise uh, program or if you've had a really hard, high-intense resistance training workout, for example, or maybe a long endurance training session. You might get on the scale the day after and see, you know, be up several pounds and you're thinking, what the heck? How could I be gaining weight if I, you know, ran six miles yesterday or I lifted really heavy and I was just, you know, super tired afterwards? I know I really gave it my all. Why is my number up on the scale? Well, guys, remember that when we start with an exercise program, so if it's new or if you have gone through a very hard training session, this can lead to small micro tears in the muscle fiber. And this can lead also to some inflammation. Um, These small muscle fiber tears will induce water retention in the body to help increase healing, which ultimately is helping you to rebuild and strengthen that muscle. So that's a good thing. Um, The fluid is bringing healing nutrients and amino acids to the site of that muscle damage to heal your muscles. Your body is going to adapt to the stress over time of exercise, and typically the water retention will decrease over the next about 72 hours. So it's completely normal to see an increase of a few pounds the day after a hard training session or if it's been your first workout and you're just getting going, having that delayed onset muscle soreness uh, going along with that increase in weight on the scale, it's, it's usually just due to that water retention. Um, Remember that prioritizing your nutrition, specifically recovery nutrition, um, can help reduce inflammation. You'll remember that in episodes three and six, I go into a lot of detail uh, about proper recovery nutrition as well as hydration strategies. So if you haven't listened to episodes three and six, go back and check those out. You'll get a lot more detail on how much to eat, when, what are we strategizing for macronutrients to enhance recovery. Another reason that we can see the number on the scale increase as we begin new exercise is as we increase carbohydrates after bariatric surgery, as we start reintroducing those carbs back into our diet to help kind of round out our plates besides just that protein, your body is storing that carbohydrate in the muscle cells as muscle glycogen. So glycogen is just stored carbohydrate in the muscle tissue, okay? Uh, Your muscles will convert this glycogen into glucose, which is the main energy source for your muscles during moderate to high-intensity exercise. So we need carbohydrate to fuel our muscles. I know I've said that time and time again um, over the course of these podcast episodes, but carbohydrates are really important, guys, for your success if you are training um, and you have specific goals. But here's where that weight that weight increase can come into play. When we store glycogen in the muscle cell, glycogen is bound to water, okay? So when it's stored, it's bound to water. So for every one gram of glycogen store, we approximately store another three grams of water alongside it, okay? So as you increase your carbohydrate intake gradually after bariatric surgery to help with fueling for exercise, you can see this increase on the scale due to increasing your glycogen stores. And again, that's a good thing. In fact, fully loaded glycogen stores can lead to up to about two to four pound increase on the scale. So this is why in the past, if you've restricted uh, carbohydrates, like maybe you've been on an Atkins diet or a keto diet, and in that first week, you see the number on the scale decrease and you're like, yeah, this is great. Well, all that is, is glycogen stores being depleted and you're losing water weight in your urine. Okay, that's why we see that rapid kind of initial weight loss when we go on a low carb diet. Because again, when we deplete those glycogen stores in the muscle tissue through maybe just walking, exercise, whatever, if you're not eating that carbohydrate back in the diet, you're not putting that back into the the cell, right? And so what we see is we see the glycogen stores deplete, we see that water also leave the cell, and we lose it in our urine. And therefore, what do we see on the scale? The number go down. Um, So 
Again, I want to reiterate, as you know, being well-fueled for your exercise after bariatric surgery does mean incorporating carbohydrates. Now, the amount's going to be different for each and every one of you out there, but over time, gradually increasing carbohydrates to match that energy demand that your muscles need for exercise is a good thing, okay? So don't be afraid of incorporating carbohydrates into your diet uh, as you increase exercise. That increase in weight, again, is not an increase in body fat. It's just stored energy in the muscle and you need that to exercise. Why is there another reason that you might see increase on the scale? This is a really great reason. You are increasing your muscle mass. And for a lot of folks that I work with, you know, when I work with my one-on-one clients, um, so folks that have had bariatric surgery who are now training uh, for a specific fitness goal or they want to improve their body composition, I would say the majority of folks that I work with, their number one goal is gaining some muscle after bariatric surgery. Because what happens in that rapid weight loss phase, besides fat loss, besides fat loss, you are also losing some muscle because what happens, we are reducing our overall energy intake that often coincides with lowering protein intake. And so our body does lose both body fat and muscle. And so one of the most common goals I do have with my clients is increasing our muscle mass. So if you've begun resistance training, whether as your main exercise or if it's part of like your cross training for an endurance training program, and you've increased calories and protein to support muscle growth, your body will be able to build muscle mass. And again, that's a great thing. But this is why I'm such a huge proponent of having body composition measurements completed rather than just using that one-dimensional scale day-to-day to measure your progress. Okay, um, body composition is going to give us a much fuller picture of what is actually happening inside our body. Um, the scale, again, as you have heard in just these first few, um, you know, reasons, a lot of it has to do with water fluctuations and not body fat gains. Um, another situation that I see is that as people begin to lift or run, if they're not seeing the number on the scale decrease, they become frustrated. Um, why am I not losing weight when I'm, you know, exercising so frequently? But remember that you could be gaining muscle at the same rate that you're losing body fat, and that will not be reflected on the scale. But these trends in body fat and lean muscle mass can be tracked if you do body composition analysis. And, you know, people ask, you know, how often would you say I should do body comp analysis? Typically, just to allow the time, you know, to... Uh, you know, for your body to see those changes. I usually recommend anywhere between about six to eight weeks, every six to eight weeks or so uh, of having uh, your body composition analysis completed. That way you can see trends over time. Is your muscle, you know, increasing? Is your body fat decreasing? Give your body some time to, you know, see those changes um, from your consistent exercise and your dietary changes. Another situation I hear that goes along with this is, hey, my inches are decreasing. I'm wearing smaller clothes sizes, but the number on the scale is still the same. Like, I don't understand. I literally went from a size, you know, 12 to I'm wearing a size eight in pants. And I've literally, you know, the scale is, is almost the exact same. What gives, you know, what's going on here? So remember, guys, even though one pound of muscle and one pound of fat weigh the exact same amount, one pound, uh, the volume taken up by one pound of muscle and one pound of fat is different. Muscle tissue is denser. Um, than fat. So if you gain muscle and lose fat at the same rate, your overall body size is going to go down, your circumference measurements will decrease, and you may look a lot stronger and leaner, but the weight on the scale may not decrease. So that's the reason behind it. Um, so again, having body composition analysis where you can evaluate, evaluate these trends over time is just a much better way to understand what is happening in your body. 
You know, and I, I just like to go on this too. Um, you know, this is why reaching your your lowest body weight um, may not be the best weight for you to maintain over the long term. Because again, after, after you've gone through that rapid weight loss phase, you might have also lost significant muscle mass. And so as you begin this resistance training exercise or whatever program you're in, um, and you know, slight, uh, you might start increasing your calories and protein from that base initial post-op diet, seeing some muscle gain is a great thing. It's great for your metabolism, your metabolic rate. You will be burning more calories at rest when you have more muscle mass. And this in the long term is going to help you to lose body fat because you're naturally burning more calories at rest. um, And that's going to help you with losses of body fat over time. So gaining muscle is a great thing. Um, And again, oftentimes when I start working with someone as they begin, you know, resistance training and they see some weight gain, it can be somewhat scary. I get it. I understand that that's a scary feeling. Um, But guys, this is a a good thing. Muscle gaining is only going to help you um, down the road. Another reason that we might see um, changes on the scale is your fluid status, okay? Now, this might sound counterintuitive, but being dehydrated can lead to increased water retention in the day following a hard workout, okay? So after an intense workout where you have lost fluid in your sweat as well as through increased exhalation, your number on the scale may decrease initially, right? So you get on the scale after the workout and you're like, oh, I'm down a couple pounds. Yeah, you've lost that in sweat right? However, your body is going to respond to this level of dehydration by retaining fluids. And so when you get on the scale the next day, you might see an increase uh, the following day. So again, you want to make sure that you are properly hydrating before, during, and after workouts so that when you come into your next day's workout, you're coming into a hydrated state. So I always teach folks that, you know, checking your your fluid status can be a helpful way in terms of using the scale um, because that gives you good data as to, hey, what am I actually losing in sweat in a workout and how might I best replace that with the right amount of fluid. So remember, for every one pound lost in sweat, you should be rehydrating with 16 to 24 ounces of fluid to return your body to a hydrated state so that when you go into that workout the next day, um, you're coming in in a hydrated state. That is where, you know, utilizing the scale can be a helpful tool. Um, In the big picture scheme of things, though, I typically would recommend using body composition analysis to really understand what's happening in our body. Another reason that we can see some uh, weight change is hormonal changes, okay? Um, So ladies, um, in a study done by White and Hitchcock in 2011, a very well uh, done study, uh, they looked at fluid retention over the menstrual cycle, and their data suggested that in the week before starting your period, fluid retention gradually increases, peaking on the first day of your menstrual flow. This then um, decreases over that following week. You'll see uh, the decrease overall in fluid retention in that week following um, that uh, starting your menstrual period. So um, that is pretty common in ladies. I'm sure women out there can hear, you know, can agree that that is a pretty typical response um, as they get ready to to menstruate is that see that some fluid retention. So that can be happening as well. Um, In fact, you can see an increase of two to six pounds um, in that week building up to the first day of your menstrual cycle. Another reason that we can see um, some, uh, you know, increase on the scale is due to poor eating patterns, okay? So I see this quite a bit. This is probably one of the number one 
issues that I address with my clients one-on-one is underfueling in the first half of your day. Okay. So especially if you work out in the morning and you're not eating, you know, a pre-workout or you're not having a breakfast, or maybe you're having a very small uh, lunch, you're not getting in adequate protein or carbohydrates and fat in that first part of your day, this can lead to an increased appetite later in the day. Um, so what happens is, is oftentimes we can overcompensate um, with caloric intake later in the day because guess what? Now I'm hungry, right? I'm really hungry. Um, and this can lead to grazing pattern. This can lead to less nutritious uh, choices. Um, and so at the end of a day, you can overcompensate and the latter part of the day, you can really increase your overall intake to more than maybe you needed had you better strategized and eaten more consistently throughout the day, provided energy to your muscles in a consistent, uh, you know, timing pattern. So this can lead overall to increases in body fat stores if you are in a net surplus of calories, because again, you're overcompensating in the second part of your day due to being really hungry because you didn't eat in the first part of the day. So that's something that I really address with my clients is we look at our patterns of eating, um, our carbohydrates and our proteins, so our macros at each meal. Are we balancing the meals well also so that we're not just eating all carbs or just eating protein? We're pairing those at each meal so that we feel full for the next you know, three hours, three, four hours, whatever it might be, um, until your next meal or snack. And another situation that can lead to weight gain, especially over time, over a longer period of time, is that you might be overestimating the number of calories that you're burning in your workout. And so we, again, overcompensate um, by eating more calories than we actually need. Um, And that can lead to a a net uh, caloric surplus. So remember that after bariatric surgery, your overall intake is significantly reduced, right? So Typically, most surgical centers that, um, you know, that I have worked in as well as just have worked in the clients, uh, you know, their, their recommendations, you know, they'll be following maybe somewhere between eight to 1200 calories, right? And when we reduce our intake so significantly, your metabolism will also decrease as well over time. And so as you increase, you know, exercise, we might think, okay, well, I'm starting to exercise more. I really need to significantly increase my calories. But if you increase too quickly, you might see, again, that net surplus in calories because you're you're over consuming um, more than what you are burning for exercise. And so this can lead to some uh, body fat increases over time. So this is why, and again, I, I really just recommend to everyone out there, if you're really confused and you just don't know, you know, what you're supposed to be eating, how much, when, all those things, this is why it's so helpful to work with a registered dietitian. You know, and, and of course, I would love to work with you myself, but, you know, working with a dietitian who's been trained in helping you to determine what are your energy goals? You know, and as a bariatric sports dietitian myself, you know, over the 16 years that I've been working with clients, it's been really helpful to hone in on what are specific needs of a bariatric athlete. And so I want to help to basically match your intake to what you're doing for exercise um, so that you can meet whatever those performance goals are, but as well as any um, body composition goals that you might have. So again, if you ever have questions, please don't ever hesitate to reach out. I'd be happy to chat with you more about your goals. Another reason um, that we can see um, increases on the scale, overtraining. Um, And I do see this a lot too, especially because, gosh, we're so excited, right? After surgery, we're like, yeah, I'm gonna start exercising. And we get into maybe a pattern of six or seven days a week because more is better, right? Uh, We should be doing more exercise. That's gonna help me to lose more weight. But a lot of times too, we might just be doing too much, right? More is not always uh, better. It's just more. And so 
overtraining can lead to stressing the body. Um, this can lead to increased levels of cortisol, which can lead to increased appetite and increased energy storage. So again, if you're not allowing yourself adequate rest days and recovery, you're not refueling properly or eating throughout the day, um, you know, the proper amounts of carbs and protein, et cetera, to meet the goals that you're, you know, working towards or the amount of exercise you're doing, you can actually have the opposite effect, which is we start to see some weight gain over time. Um, and this is due to that increased stress level. Constipation, another issue that is very common with bariatric uh, folks in general, just because we're eating a high protein based diet, oftentimes it can be lower in fiber. Um, we're pairing that with iron supplements, calcium, and that constipation, of course, bowel movements, uh, that leads to increase on the scale as well. So again, it can just be that, you know, we're constipated a little bit, we need to increase our fluids. Um, it can be that you increased your fiber too rapidly. That can also kind of uh, bulk up stool and, and uh, slow things down a little bit. But again, this can be a, a, another, you know, just explanation as to why am I up on the scale and then you have a bowel movement and we see a decrease uh, in the number on the scale. Salt intake. So, of course, as you probably are well aware, salt intake can lead to water retention. Um, of course, sodium is found in many sports nutrition products, right? And I've talked about that frequently as to the importance of sodium. Sodium and chloride are the, uh, the, the, the most uh, concentrated source in our sweat in terms of the electrolyte. Um, salt, salt is the most uh, high uh, electrolyte that you're losing in your sweat. I'm having a real problem explaining that, um, but you know what I mean. It's higher that um, than your potassium, for example, or magnesium or calcium in your sweat. So oftentimes our sports nutrition products will be higher in sodium, um, and and that also in turn increases our in thirst, which is going to drive more fluid intake. And that's that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing, especially if you're sweating a lot around your workouts. So we can see, of course, fluid retention, especially if you were using products in a few days, you know, that you maybe had long training sessions, you were increasing your electrolyte intake, um, you might see some water retention just due to overall increased salt intake. Um, poor sleep and stress can lead to fluid retention as well. So I want to reemphasize the importance of getting adequate sleep, addressing stress in your life. Uh, but again, if it's due to stress from overtraining, again, leads to water retention. So don't be surprised if we are seeing that. want to take a real honest look at, hey, am I getting good sleep? Am I prioritizing that? That's so important in reaching your goals, guys. Of course, on this podcast, I focus so much on what we're eating, what we're drinking, you know, the timing, all these strategies. But sleep and stress reduction is really important. And if you're not reaching your goals, take a look in those areas of your life as well. Um, and then lastly here, I just want to talk about your thyroid. So, you know, in situations where I've had clients that are, you know, they're doing all the right things. Um, and over time, they just are consistently seeing weight gain over time. And, you know, symptoms might be they might have some hair loss, they might be tired all the time, you might have more constipation, um, you're not sleeping well, these can also be signs of hypothyroidism. Okay. And so if you're noticing more significant weight gain over time, say 10 pounds, 20 pounds um, in a, you know, relatively rapid time frame, you know, several months maybe, and all of a sudden you're like, what the heck is going on? And you have all these other symptoms as well. I do want to recommend go talk to your doctor, um, see if they can run some labs, check out your thyroid function and get a full panel done and see if, if there's something off there. Okay. Um, you never know. It could be something more um, hormonally related um, that can be treated with medication that can really help you to get back on track. So I hope that today's episode has been helpful to really just highlight some of the reasons why uh, we can see the scale number go up. 
But again, I just want to reiterate, guys, the scale day-to-day isn't always the best tool in measuring your progress or your success. Um, Again, if you're asking me, I would rather you do more body composition analysis because I think that's giving you a better, more full picture as to what is actually happening in the different compartments of your body. Are we gaining muscle mass? You know, are we gaining, um, you know, strength and, and muscle over time? Are we seeing that decrease in body fat? Um, that those are all good signs, right? But other things I want to encourage that, you know, you take a look at that are not related to the scale to evaluate progress also include things like being able to lift more weight. So you're seeing your strength increase. That's awesome. That is so great. Um, being able to run faster or cycle or, you know, hitting PRs in your different, you know, um, endurance, um, aerobic activities. That's a sign that you're, you're getting faster, stronger, better at what you're doing. That's a good thing. Having more energy in your workouts. If you're strategizing your meals around your workouts better, you've incorporated a little more carbohydrate and you're just having better energy. That's awesome. That means you are fueling better. You're, you're giving your body that adequate energy that it can use to help you to meet your goals. That's a good thing as well. Seeing inches decrease. So again, not getting on the scale, but actually doing more circumference measurements. Um, that can be a great way to measure progress um, in your training program. Sleeping better, feeling better, being in better spirits. All of these are good ways to understand how you're progressing over time. So I just want to you know, reiterate that working with a registered dietitian to help you establish your personal energy goals can really help you to save time, frustration, um, and just get to where you want to be much more quickly and efficiently. So I'd be happy to be that person. So, you know, if you're ever interested in learning more about my one-to-one bariatric nutrition coaching services, um, you can go to my website, activebariatricnutrition.com and schedule a free discovery call so we can learn more about each other. So again, I hope you found today's episode helpful. Remember, you can always watch the full episode of this podcast on my YouTube channel, the Active Bariatric Nutrition channel. So make sure to subscribe to it. Give it a like so that you know when a new episode has been posted. Um, And also, if you don't mind just sharing this podcast with maybe someone that you think would find it helpful um, and subscribe to it and give it a rating. That's how it gets out in front of more people so that we can really share this information and help more folks on their uh, bariatric journey. Um, Remember, you can follow me on my social media. Um, on my Instagram, which is at Active Bariatric, as well as on my Facebook and TikTok channels, Active Bariatric Nutrition. So go check those out. So again, thanks for tuning in this week. We will do this again next week. And in the meantime, go Bears. Let's get that win over the Packers. I'm hoping for a victory today. Hopefully when we all listen to this episode, we got uh, Bears a record of one and oh. Take care, everybody. Talk to you next week.